Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Welcome into another episode of the Wolverine Live Recruiting Show. I'm your host, EJ Holland. Alongside me is my co-host, Zach Libby. And yeah, we're back for another episode. Zach, are you excited? It's uh, I this one is nice just because, like, outside, it's Well, it, it looks like uh, Zach had some technical difficulties. Um, hopefully, uh, we can resolve those. Not sure what's going on with, uh, with Zach's mic, but um, hope everybody is doing well out there. Make sure to like this video. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for free. Um, Make sure to subscribe to the Wolverine.com as well. We'll give you more details later on a special offer there. But like this video, it helps us get in front of other Michigan fans and subscribe to our YouTube channel for free. You get alerts every time we drop a new video. And there's a ton of content coming in, um, you know, throughout the season. So, again, hopefully we can resolve these uh, technical issues with Zach. It looks like he is uh, back. Are you good, Zach? Yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, well, um, let's go ahead and get into the show. Unless you, uh, well, I, I always have to ask to start off this show because you were back in Ohio. Did you get Skyline Chili again? No, my game ended at ten thirty p.m. in Dayton, and I booked it up seventy-five to Waff to the Denny's in what's that city called mommy ohio because i had to get my observations piece up before the bowling green game and i knew they have really good wi-fi so um no skyline but i don't think they're, they're open that late anyway so no spaghetti and chili for me <laughs> well i did have portillo's while i was in chicago so that was very nice, celebrating Mexican Independence Day with some hot dogs, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, anyway, before we get into the rankings, we do have to cover 
our first topic, which is Michigan lost a pair of commits, four-star prospects, uh, Gerard Smith and Jacob Smith are off to Kentucky. They have officially flipped from Michigan, which should be no surprise if you subscribe to the Wolverine.com or are a listener to our show here on YouTube, because weeks ago we said we didn't buy the report that the Smith twins had reaffirmed their commitment with Michigan. Um, you know, uh, we continued to hear that Kentucky was a major threat. They continued to visit and now this saga is over, which is good for Michigan because they have time to reset and look at other options. Uh, so we'll talk a, a little bit about, you know, what's next after we talk about what this flip, I guess these flips, because it's, it's two guys, uh, these flips mean for Michigan. So Zach, what's your reaction to Gerard Smith and Jacob Smith leaving the class? I said, when they were still committed that I still wanted them to see, I wanted to see if they were going to visit Michigan in order to feel like they were going to affirm their commitments and they didn't end up visiting. So, um, but I think my overall take on this is you need, Oh, there's really two takes one continue going after Elias Rudolph at the edge spot. Um, he's another one who flipped to Miami Um you need him in the class. You probably still what you wanted him while the Smiths were still in the class, but his presence now is just as exponentially risen. Um, you need that speed rusher off the edge. You need a freak athlete, a guy with some mentality, um, that physicality that you know Michigan loves for their edge rushers. And I think someone like Elias is getting it, has it. Um, I think them flipping this week is kind of uh, a good coincidence considering – most high schools are into week four, so you kind of get an idea of who the late risers are. You're, you're starting to see guys on social media and in the database, you know, start getting those stars, start getting those big-time offers. So I would imagine that some guys start entering the mix with Michigan. And then another, I think it's just a matter of um, – I don't know. I think my other take is I think it's just so many battles happen with Kentucky. And I, I don't know. I think Michi I think of all schools, I would imagine that a school like Kentucky, despite the Smiths being from that state, I don't know. I just the level of success that defensive linemen have at Michigan just weighs over a school like Kentucky. So I would just imagine. I don't know. There's just stuff that has to go into Michigan's favor, or there's stuff that needs to be fixed in order for things like this to not happen. Um, so I guess those are my three reactions. Um, yeah, I mean, starting off with uh, Jacob Smith, since he's on the screen, I mean, I was really high on him coming out of the offseason. I thought he put together some really good performances when I saw him live at the Under Armour camp in New Jersey, as well as the Connecticut Showcase before he moved back to Kentucky. So I think Michigan is obviously not happy about losing Smith, but I think they at least have a plan there, right? Um, they want a speed rusher. They are still targeting Elias Rudolph, as we've mentioned many weeks on this show, and as Zach kind of hinted towards, they still have a relationship there. They're set to get him on campus this fall per Zach, so at least they have another target there, and there are names 
that they are circling back to and watching senior film that they had contact with or at least visited during the spring evaluation period. Now, Gerard Smith is an interesting one. He had a really strong offseason as well. Obviously, I had a chance to see him at both of those events too. He was more of that Chris Jenkins type of guy, more of the athletic defensive lineman that'll play with his hand on the, in the dirt that could add quite a bit of weight to his frame. Now, I'm not really sure how they replaced Gerard Smith. There aren't a ton of names that they had been in contact with that really fill that role. I'm not sure they fill that role at all. You know, Michigan still has a need for a nose as well. They're trying to get back in the mix with uh, former Florida commit Micah Burrow, even though he's trending towards Georgia. Um, but I just – I don't really know what the plan is from here now that you've lost Gerard Smith. Do you circle back to a guy like an Eddie Twerk who was really high on Michigan earlier in the cycle and is committed to um, Illinois? Do you try to flip Stanford commit Benedict Ume, who's a top 100 recruit but is a little more – of a tweener. I'm really interested to see how they approach replacing Gerard Smith, if they decide to do that at all, or if they just completely focus their efforts on landing another nose and obviously landing another edge. Now, question for Zach that I'm sure a lot of fans are wondering. And if you do have a question tonight, guys, I know it's not the Q&A show. I'll be back for that tomorrow, but you can hit the donate button and uh, that money goes directly to our travel budget and you do get to ask a question on tonight's show but I think a, a question that a lot of people would want to ask in the chat box is is there any reason for Michigan to circle back to Brian Robbins well, last time I have checked in with that camp Michigan there's no reason for Michigan for them to leave off Michigan off their list, I guess I would say. He hasn't visited since his June official visit, uh, which was on the sec that first weekend. Um, I know you flipped your pick from Michigan to Kentucky. I know there's a lot more from the Kentucky on three that leads to believe that Robinson is leading for Kentucky. Um, I just want to see, I want to hear it firsthand, I guess, from that camp in order for me to flip my own pick. And that's why my pick is still there. Um, in terms of whether or not Michigan goes back to him in terms of where he is and wh what I've looked at from his film, he's, I think he's more of a tweener. You know, he's a big bodied. He's not 250 pounds right now. Um, he's, you know, I think everyone sees his social media and his workout routine and how much he cares about his physical well-being as well as mental well-being. But I would imagine, I would, I think if he ended up at Michigan, I would imagine him being in that Chris Jenkins role. Like if he can get to 265 pounds, which I think is where he's at from where he was two years ago, which was probably less than a hundred, less than 200 pounds you can build him up to get to be that five, that three tech. Um, the more I see of him from this season, I think that makes me feel like that would be more of a better role for him as opposed to an outside edge. Um, very powerful, very muscular, massive frame in the upper half, um, you know, physical at the point of attack. And I think he just has that mindset, you know, where you want to beat the man in front of you. So 
if he ends up coming to Michigan or if he ends up, you know, being a top target, I feel like he'd be a replacement for Gerard as opposed for Jacob. So I think Zach made my point for me, and that is I don't think Brian Robinson is really a true fit at a place uh, or in a scheme like Michigan. So I know he's had a tumultuous offseason. I see John H. Schultz has made a comment in the chat, and we're not even going to get into that. Aside from the offseason, I'm not sure Brian Robinson is an edge. Uh, like Zach, I think he might be a guy that puts his hand in the dirt at the next level. And if he does that, I don't think it's in the Chris Jenkins role. I don't think he's the type of athlete that, uh, that they want for that role. I don't think – I think Robinson's too stiff. I don't think he's a guy that bends well. So I don't like him for the edge spot, and I don't even like him for that three technique. Where I would play Brian Robinson would be as a four three and as a five tech somewhere, but I don't think that's Michigan's scheme. And he, and that's not to say Brian Robinson is not a good player. I do think he's overranked in the rankings by a lot, but I still think he's a good player. Same with Brandon Davis Wayne, who would be another name that I know Michigan fans would be curious about. I think Brandon Davis Swain is a fine player. I just don't think he's a scheme fit at Michigan. I don't think Brian Robinson is a scheme fit at Michigan. So I think, as I mentioned earlier, the focus with the edge spot vacated by Jacob Smith is going to be on more twitchy, speedy guys like Elias Rudolph. But just wanted to bring up Robinson and to a lesser extent Davis Swain since he's just – both of those guys are so talked about amongst Michigan fans. Luckily, we don't have to talk about uh, Nick Marsh this week, Zach, but uh, there you see Elias Rudolph, and he is committed to Miami. He is going to be a tough fool. I'm going to put you on the spot, Zach, before we move on to our next topic. Will Michigan flip Elias Rudolph before signing day? If you had a case of pre-made Skyline Chili waiting, and someone was like, answer this question, and I will give you this case of Skyline Chili. He hasn't visited yet. He hasn't confirmed when he will visit. Um, let's say he does. If he does, which I think they'll bring him in for a marquee game, yes, I would think Michigan's chances of flipping Rudolph are great. I think his relationship with Steve Klinksale was immaculate before he committed. You know, he has mentioned that more than just Klinksale is communicating with him often. That includes Jesse Minard, defensive coordinator, you know, Dylan Roney, pass rush specialist. I just think his fit at Michigan is too good, you know, and the pitch that he's getting is too good. We'll see. I know Miami is doing just as well. So I think, I know for sure that this is going to come down to the 11th hour, the 11th minute of the 11th second. So we'll see. Someone sh said I should have offered you uh, little Caesars instead, but uh, maybe that would have made him actually answer the question. But we do have a super chat from uh, Bizzer. Your beef with Jaden Davis is comical. Let it go. We'll get into Jaden Davis's ranking later in the show. So stick around, Bizzer. There's no personal beef there. I loved everybody. And you know who I love the most? The people at Lewis Jewelers. Lewis Jewelers has been serving the Ann Arbor and Detroit region since 1921. Lewis Jewelers' reputation and continued success stems from our belief that a successful jewelry story is built 
on integrity, quality, customer service, and quality products. Lewis Jewelers are a proud partner of Michigan Athletics to ensure that every client that walks through their doors or peruses their virtual store is taken care of. They have a non-commissioned, trusted advisor team that's always ready to provide professional experience, advice, and expertise. No pressure, no commission. Located in the bustling city of, city of Ann Arbor, Michigan, Lewis Jewelers proudly serves Ann Arbor and surrounding southeastern Michigan communities by providing an exquisite selection of fine jewelry, as well as excellent customer service to its residents and visitors. Visit them at their new location through 300 South Maple Road, Ann Arbor, or online at lewisjewelers.com. So shout out again to Lewis Jewelers for sponsoring tonight's show. And see, yeah, John A. Schultz has the right idea. I should have offered Zach a dozen hot and readies to answer the question. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's talk rankings. Everybody wants to discuss rankings. Everybody wants to hear everybody's thoughts on the rankings. So if you haven't seen on three released, it's updated on 300 rankings for the 2024 recruiting class. A lot of movement for Michigan commits, some drops, some risers. Before we get into the much talked about ranking of Jaden Davis, let's go ahead and start with Jordan Marshall. And we already see that uh, John A. Schultz has shared his opinions. He's saying the only good news from the rankings is Jordan Marshall's ranking because he's close to getting the fifth star. But I think Marshall, correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, but I believe Marshall dropped a couple of spots, didn't he? He is three away from getting the fifth star. So on three ranks, 32 guys has five stars by the end. And right now he's number 35. Yeah, so uh, I, I believe Marshall was 31 last mm -hmm. ranking. So he, he was in that top 32. And now he's just outside of that. Either way, he's you know right in that mix to be a five-star. Now, this is an argument for another day, but I think that any given cycle, you can have more or less than 32 five-stars. I, I still have no idea why everybody picks 32 five-stars. Like There could be 40 five-stars in one class, and there could be 20 five-stars in the next class. But anyway, should Jordan Marshall be part of the prestigious top 32? Do you think he is a five-star? Yes. Well, I mean, why? He, yeah, <laughs> he I mean, he is the quintessential cowbell running back. He is the one that can be playing on every down on offense. Um, you know, we know how good of he is as a runner. He has excellent vision, great awareness, great agility. He can change direction on a dime. Um, he can make plays in the open field. Uh, he doesn't make mistakes. He's patient, um, doesn't always try to hit the home run, which I mentioned in my last article, um, something that I really like about him is that he's totally fine picking up four yards and getting ready for the next play. And that's something I think you'll see at Michigan, you know, exactly the role like Blake Corum. In terms of how he is, you know, beyond running, you know, he's getting more actively involved in his high school's passing attack. Um, he caught one pass for 21 yards when I saw him last Friday. So you can, you, it shows that he can also be trusted, you know, maybe even split out um, or at least on third downs for passing. Um, I, you know, I, I can understand why he wouldn't be 
a five star. I mean, running running backs. There's not a it's is an anomaly, I guess. You know, you, there's normally only one or two that get that five star every role every year. So I guess I can understand that argument. Um, but in terms of how he is and you know where his ceiling will get maxed out at Michigan under Mike Hart and Marshall has told us that Mike Hart is like a father to him, so their chemistry is already pristine. Um, his success level and his potential makes him a five star. So, um, you know, right now he's got about 800 yards of 800 total rushing yards. I think he's soon to eclipse a double digit mark in rushing touchdowns. He has about 90 carries total through five games. So he has to keep up that pace. Um, you know, he's got a shot at the deep playoffs. There's about five more games left in the Ohio season. So he just has more time to prove it. Um, you know, but at least it wasn't a complete drop off. But yeah, four spots, I was a little kind of surprised. If anything, I thought he would just stay at number 31 and then we'll live for another day. Yeah, so I I mean, obviously you've seen him more than I have. Um, he is ranked not even in the top 140 overall by either ESPN or 24-7. Uh, Rivals and on three are pretty close. Rivals has him at 42. Also the number two running back in the country on three, 35, you know, the number two running back in the country. It's crazy 24-7 doesn't even have him as a top 10 running back when we're talking about whether he should be a five-star or not. I have, I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. I think that I would have Jordan Marshall probably in the 50 to 75 range. So still top 100 recruit, but not necessarily a five-star. I don't really love the running back class overall. And just for reference, like I was super high on Taylor Tatum, right? And he is ranked as the number one running back in the country right now. But I would still have Taylor Tatum in that range. I just don't see a running back that should definitely surefire be a five-star but the more important thing like you mentioned is that Marshall is tailor-made for Michigan so I fully expect him to play even though I have him in that 50 to 75 range just as a general ranking when looking at national recruiting I think he's a perfect fit for Michigan I think he will play like a five-star at Michigan, I think he is terrific between the tackles. He's improved his speed. I mean, he's that guy that, like Zach said, that Mike Hart can really coach up. And honestly, you know, with Blake Corum leaving after this year and Donovan Edwards potentially being gone, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Marshall steps in and starts as a true freshman. Um, you know, that's going to be an open competition in the backfield nobody has really established themselves as that you know go to uh number three back that's on the roster i think jordan marshall is talented enough um whether he ends up as a five star or just outside that range to come in and be that starter as a true freshman but uh either way i, I do think jordan marshall is the high should be the highest rated commit in michigan's class um, let's go ahead and transition over to Jaden Davis, who is obviously very much talked about in his ranking 
on three has not dropped him, um, but they also didn't move him up either. He stayed the same at number 187 overall, the number 13 quarterback nationally. So before I share my uh, diatribe on Jaden Davis, Zach, you are a guy that's kind of just watched uh, me go back and forth with Michigan fans about Jaden Davis's ranking. So as a neutral observer, I mean, what do you uh, what do you think about on three's ranking of Jaden? I don't really know. Like, you know, I've listened to what you've said. You know, I've we've listened to what Charles Power, our on three director of scouting and rankings, have said. You know, it, I don't know. I think my overall take is honestly, I think you've mentioned this too. 187, that's a high four star. He's in the upper echelon of the 91 ranking. So at the very, there's a, that means, his expectations is to start at Michigan. I think that's fair. You know, his, his overall mechanics, which have been greatly scrutinized and evaluated over at elite 11 in his first four games, you know, I think he just fits what Michigan wants as, you know, a gamer, a guy who can lead that lead the offense in adversity, short to immediate passes, tough in the pocket, just, a guy who can do what you need to do. Um, and that's, I think that should be fine. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I don't really understand the, the arguments with stats, which has been kind of the basis for everyone's argument, because I mean, if I've looked like, right, like I've looked at passing leaders, for instance, on max preps and, outside of the number one player in the country in passing yards, which is Zach Wilson's little brother committed to Utah, um, Isaac Wilson, they're not five stars. They're not four stars. We may not even see them in the FBS. I think when you look at his stats, which is 156 quarterback rating, you know, zero interceptions, I think that just shine brings more shine to what he can bring to the table at Michigan. And I think that's what, really should be focused on as opposed to a ranking. I, I maybe I don't know. I feel like there's a big overreaction. And I, I think your arguments to people like that on Twitter, or on the message board or on this video, it's all the same, you know, like if stats meant something, people would be ranked higher than others. Kane McNamara, JJ McCarthy. I don't know. I, I think it's just, it's tiring. And Overall, I just feel like a kid who's in the top 200, ranked 91, close to maybe reaching number nine uh, with the 92 ranking, is just fine. And I think I, I, I that should just leave it at that.
my oh i am muted <laughs> i don't know why i was muted so I hopefully that was everyone game. can hear me okay all right you're good okay you're i'm good yeah sorry i'm not i'm not sure how i ended up getting muted but um you know i made this point not too long ago and i think that's one of the reasons zach went to go see it is <laughs> and I, again hopefully everybody can hear me um is if you go check out those stat leaders right you know, the vast majority aren't recruits. They're just really good high school players, you know, guys that are also ranked in the top 200 or even the on 300 or even four star recruits, right. Are expected to put up numbers on Friday nights, because if you're an on 300 recruit or you're a, even a, a low four star outside of the on 300, you're still expected to be among the best of the best high school players in America. So of course you're going to put up numbers on Friday night. And if you don't put up numbers, then, you know, that's a, a little concerning, but it's still about how the tools translate to the collegiate game. So I would like anybody in the comments to tell me when the last time a sub six foot one quarterback that could not run was a five-star you know you can point to guys like someone tried to make the argument the other day with me about Bryce Young are you kidding me Bryce Young could run like crazy he was the master creator in the pocket and he could extend plays and he could just take off and score a touchdown Kyler Murray again are you kidding me I covered Kyler Murray and he was one he was an anomaly and two he is the best running back quarter running quarterback that I have ever seen in my entire life. Like you cannot compare Jane Davis to those guys because he cannot run. And on top of being six foot flat. So again, we're talking about how these tools translate to the college game. People want to bring up like, oh, <clears throat> Jane Davis doesn't give EJ interviews. So EJ hates Jane Davis. And it's like, dude, I have had the same ranking. Uh, remember when Jaden Davis was a five-star, right? He's no longer a five-star on any of these services. Do I work at Rivals? Do I work at ESPN? Do I work at 24-7? No. I've had the same ranking of Jaden Davis and, and now a little tiny bit lower. I originally had him as a top 100 to 150 recruit, and now I have him as a top 125 to 175 recruit. So still higher than on three, but... I had that ranking in November. There's a reason that Jaden Davis and his family were upset. And, you know, that's, that's not my problem. People are going to be upset if parents and kids are going to be upset about their rankings or my opinions of them. That's not going to change, right? I'm not going to sit here and say Jaden Davis is a five-star when I don't really believe it because my job is not to be a Michigan fan even though I'm wearing this nice Michigan shirt from our other great sponsor, Homefield, uh, my job's not to be a, great, a Michigan fan. My job is to give you guys the truth, what I really think about these kids. Now, Jaden Davis could go and play like a five-star at Michigan, and that's great. You know, nobody has a 100% hit rate on the recruiting trail, including the Michigan staff. But I do think that Jaden Davis is more of a top 125 to 175 type of prospect, and his ranking – uh, drops have reflected that. Now, I do think, again, 187 is a tiny bit too low. I do have Jaden Davis graded higher than 
on three, but you see the limitations. Again, it's hard to grade a sub six foot one quarterback that isn't very mobile, um, you know, higher than, than what he is. I think it's fortunate for Michigan fans that he's ranked this high because of the other tools he brings, which is the intangibles, the ability to command an offense, uh, his comfort in the pocket, his accuracy, short to intermediate. He doesn't have a noodle arm, even though he doesn't have a special arm. Um, I do think he's capable of making those high-level down throws every now and then, which he shows on tape. Uh, but again, he still has those weaknesses of being a shorter quarterback that can't move, that can't create, that needs to be in a controlled environment. And the reason he's putting up these big stats on Friday night is because he already plays in a controlled environment under Coach Greer at Providence Day, who's one of the best head coaches on the East Coast and whose son played quarterback in, in the NFL. And so he runs a very quarterback-friendly system that caters to Jaden Davis's strengths and masks his weaknesses. And Jaden Davis is going to benefit exactly from that at Michigan because the offense is going to cater to his strengths and mass his weaknesses, especially if Jordan Marshall lives up to what we expect him to be and can, can and can help Michigan continue to have a strong run game. So I think Jaden Davis, as a top 200 recruit, whether he's 125 to 175 where I have him or 187 like on three has him, as a top 200 recruit, anybody that is a top 200 recruit is expected to not just start at the school they commit to, but have some success there as well. And so I think Jaden Davis is capable of landing, I mean, of, of having success at Michigan, leading Michigan to wins. Michigan went to the college football playoff with Cade McNamara at quarterback. I think Jaden Davis will be just fine if the Wolverines continue to land talent elsewhere and have a strong run game as well as an offensive line to help Jaden Davis. So, um, you know, overall, I think Jaden Davis is one of the top 200 recruits in the country, and that's still great. You don't have to have a five-star at quarterback to have, you know, a college football playoff contending team. So I do think that Jaden Davis's ceiling is capped a bit. I, obviously, I think he has a high floor, so I don't really know how much Jaden Davis is capable of moving up in the rankings. It's like I, I tried to tell somebody on social media the other day, we already knew Jaden Davis could do the things he does really well, right? He is maxed out great at the things he does well. But the things we wanted to see him improve, despite the stat box, haven't improved. So I think he's kind of limited as a high school prospect, and those things that he has to improve will need to wait until he arrives at Michigan. So not sure how much he can move up. I think his you know, play could get him a, a 10 spot bump or something of that nature, 10, 15 spots. But uh, overall, I think Jaden Davis is what he is at this point. And that's still a very good prospect. All right. We have a super chat here from Nick. And he says, with Michigan being anti-NIL, why wouldn't any other program just come in and give Davis a huge bag? If these guys aren't signed, I don't see why other programs wouldn't poach them. More guys will probably leave. Because there weren't a lot of other contenders for Jaden Davis. That's the other thing, you know, you have to keep in mind, too. It's not like Alabama was really pushing hard for Jaden Davis. It's not like 
you know, Texas A&M was really pushing hard for Jaden Davis, or if you want to talk about NIL schools, Miami, you know, the, none of these schools were really pushing hard for Jaden Davis. So, you know, Jaden Davis was truly a five-star quarterback, like a Bryce Underwood or a George McIntyre, you would have had more competition as well. So it's not just, oh, EJ hates Jaden Davis. It's, there are a lot of college coaches around the country that also had similar concerns with Jaden Davis. So I don't think that any other program is willing to drop a huge bag for Jaden Davis. And when you look at this class, the only guy I think a program that, uh, or the only guy I think that a program would, you know, say, hey, let's go drop a bag for this guy is Jordan Marshall because he's the highest rated recruit. Do you, do you disagree, Zach? Do you think anybody else would be getting bags? Make your tackles like Frazier, Roebuck, maybe. But I mean, I, I don't know about this argument to begin with. Like, Michigan's not really anti NIL, they're just anti L, anti pay for play. And all Michigan commits have bought into Empower and all the NIL opportunities. So I don't know. I, I can't imagine any of them feeling you know, having their beliefs or what they've told us to just fly out the door from a suitcase. <laughs> but I don't know. It's it's just they don't do this because Michigan commits are just guys who believe in what Michigan can offer them while they're students. So it's really that. Yeah, Michigan is an anti-NIL. They just, you know, they're not going to participate in the pay-for-play like the other schools. I don't think other programs are trying to poach a bunch of Michigan commits. And you did see it though, with, you know, with Rudolph uh, flipping to Miami and maybe to a lesser extent, Kentucky with the Smith twins though, playing closer to home played a big role there. But as far as guys in the class right now, I don't think that anybody is in danger of getting poached. And I think, you know, Zach made a good point. The guys that are committed have already bought into Empower. Jordan Marshall gave, uh, some really good quotes about that in, in the story um, over at the Wolverine.com. If you haven't read it, I'd suggest to, to go see it. Um, all right. We've gone over our time, but um, we do want to answer one last question because we spent so much time on Jaden Davis and Jordan Marshall, but Zach quickly, give me uh, a couple of, uh, you know, on three bumps and maybe drops that you liked, didn't like. All right, I'll give you three bumps that I liked. First is Josiah Edmond from Napanee, Indiana. He was in the 700s, uh, top 800 um, last week, but on Monday he is now number 517 in the country now that on three made him the number 12 athlete nationally and number eight in Indiana. Um, I can still see him move up on another 100 spots, but on three being the anomaly for him, as someone in that tw that teen range, I think that's a smart move. And I know we've, we have seen him and I have personally evaluated him. So I agree with that. The next one, Micah Kaapana, the three-star running back out of Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. He is now nine spots away from being a four-star on, on the on three industry ranking on three bumped him up. I think from number 42 running back to now number 30 running back in the country, which is, you know, in that range of most of other recruiting services, um, you know, his ceiling as a versatile running back under Mike Hart is something to monitor. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a four star just because of his ceiling. 
And then number the last one, Cole Sullivan, linebacker out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania from Central Catholic. Uh, 35, 37 spots he jumped from now is number 20, 222, 14 linebacker, five in Pennsylvania. Um, this is the anomaly. I think I, I don't really understand why other three other services have him as a three star still. I think he's just a victim of exposure, but regardless, he is now a four star on both the industry and on three. So, um, I know we've made the, I have personally made the argument that he could be a top 100 prospect, but I think in the end he, on, on three specifically, uh, top 150 at least, I think is, uh, doable just based on where he is, his floor, his expectations once he gets to Michigan and his, uh, I don't know, his multi-position capabilities, um, once he gets to college. So those are my three. And then the one that, I don't really understand is Brady Prescorn. Um, I get that he's still a number 90. He still has a 93 ranking, but being number 118, I don't really understand um, his, his play through four games this season has been really well, has, has been really good. A uh, couple of touchdowns, you know, he's just that big target threat as a split out tight end for, high school. And then once he gets to college, he can play that uh, position as well. Um, and on defense, uh, he's done really well in just hand fighting, um, shedding blocks and being like an outside edge um, with his hand in the dirt. And I know he doesn't do that a lot in high school, but once he gets to Michigan, that's going to be something that he does often. So having that experience is going to be beneficial to his career. So I, I, I don't, I can't really I don't really get the argument that he's below top 100. I, I could see him in the low, you know, below in that 75, hundred range. I think that's where he should stand. Uh, I am going to steal. I'm going to get three and I'm going to steal one of Zach's answers. And that is Cole Sullivan. I think Cole Sullivan has a chance to be the highest ranked defensive commit in Michigan's uh, class. I think that he's going to keep rising up the rankings. What he's put on film from his senior campaign has been extremely impressive. If you don't subscribe to our YouTube channel, I would go watch some of Zach's clips that he posted from earlier this fall. Uh, but when you talk about the defensive athletes, right, there's three defensive athletes in this class, Jaden Smith, Mason Curtis, and Cole Sullivan. Cole Sullivan has the highest floor of the three, but he still has a really big ceiling as well. There's question marks with Jaden Smith in terms of how raw he is. There's question marks with Mason Curtis being a tweener. With Cole Sullivan, you have a guy who's really filled out well. I think he probably weighs more than that 200 pounds right now. Um, he's really has a nice build in his lower half and his upper half. He's a guy that has the length to play. The edge, he can play either of the linebacker spots as well. And he's not a tweener guy like maybe he can, maybe he can't. I think he can play all three of those spots, the Mike, the Will, and the edge really, really well. So I think there's so much to like about Cole Sullivan. I think he's a guy that just, you know, Michigan fans haven't expressed a lot of excitement about, but he's going to be a fan favorite down the line because I think he's going to be an early impact player and uh you know i am fully on the bandwagon with Zach on cole sullivan i'm not sure what the other services aren't seeing but i think on three continuing to move them up um is definitely a positive sign for the network 
And then very quick, I always have to be the bad guy. So I'll talk about some drops <laughs> that I was a fan of. Um, Mason oh, oh, Curtis. Oh, oh. Fan of. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I am the uh, bad guy. So let's talk about some drops. Mason Curtis dropped more than 100 spots. So an absolute free fall in the on three rankings. Uh, Curtis now ranked as the number 272 overall recruit as opposed to uh, in the mix for a top 150 recruit. I think that's about right. I've had Curtis in this range more as a top 250 to 300 player for quite a while, probably since early last year. And no, I don't have any personal beef with Mason Curtis. He's actually a really good football player. On Friday nights, I saw him last year against George McIntyre, who's one of the top quarterbacks in 2025 and probably will be a five star. And Mason Curtis made his life a living hell. I mean, he came off the edge. He played the mic spot. He played safety. He even played corner. He sacked them. He picked them off. So, I mean, Curtis had a tremendous in-game evaluation. But this goes back to where. I guess stats don't really matter so much because I still have concerns about what Curtis can be at the next level. He has a really narrow build at six foot four, one ninety, so I'm not sure how much weight he can add. And I mean, he is skinny in both his lower and upper halves. He has really skinny arms, really skinny legs. How much weight he can add, I'm not sure. He has it doesn't have the build that Cole Sullivan has. I'm not sure if he is a guy that can bulk up enough to be an edge. I'm not sure he's a guy that's really strong enough to be a true linebacker. I'm also not sure he's fast enough to be a real safety. So where do you play this guy? I think Curtis is a definition of a great football player, but is again, the definition of a tweener. So um, I'm excited about him. I think you can use him as a Swiss army knife on the defense, but I'm just not sure you know, that I would rate him as high just because I still have all those question marks about. And then the other drop that I didn't mind was uh, Hogan Hansen moving down. You mentioned Brady Priestcorn, Zach. I, I didn't like that drop either. I have Brady Priestcorn graded as a top 100 recruit, but with Hogan Hansen, I was completely fine uh, with on three moving him down. I believe it was, uh, let's see, 29 spots to number 257 overall, which I think is pretty accurate. I think, uh, you know, rankings are all over the place with Hogan Hansen. You know, Rivals has him as a low four-star. ESPN has him just inside the top 300. On three has him close to a top 250 guy. And 24-7 has him really high, uh, almost a top 100 player. Um with Hanson, I think he's fine. I think he's between 250 and 300, just like Mason Curtis. I think he's a really good high school player as well. He's a very willing blocker. He plays in a run-heavy scheme where he lines up in line a lot. Um, he's made some plays as a pass catcher this season, but I think I want to see more from him as a receiving tight end. I think that would get me on board with him being ranked higher but from what he's put on film so far, I, I have him kind of in that 250 to 300 range. So I didn't mind the uh, the drops for Curtis or for Hanson. So that about does it for rankings talk. Uh, we appreciate everybody that joined tonight. And hopefully you guys enjoyed the extra 15 minutes. 
Uh, make sure to like this video. It helps us get in front of other Michigan fans. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for free. And subscribe to the Wolverine.com for exclusive insider recruiting information for just $1 for one month. Zach and I will be back to see you all next week. And I will be back tomorrow to answer all of your questions. So join me here at 7 Eastern. <laughs>